stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Yeah. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Welcome in. We've got a lot of stuff to cover today. We're going to talk to Game and Fish about CWD, which is the chronic wasting disease. Been around for a long time. We'll get more details from Game and Fish. We will talk to an author. His name is Kevin Lovegreen. If you have kids that are just starting to be in that reading part of life and they're really kind of on the edge and they're not really been able to find books that are on pace with what they want to read, you'll want to listen in on this. Uh, Lucky Luke's Adventures, all about hunting and fishing. It, fantastic line of books. We'll talk to him in a little bit. Also, we talked to Brian from uh, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And this week, uh, we're going to tell you a little deeper into what you need to do after you harvest that animal this year, whether it's an elk or a moose or bear, uh, a deer or a pronghorn. Uh, they've got everything you need for processing and doing it yourself. If uh, if that's something that maybe isn't in your budget to uh, take it and drop it off somewhere, there are options, and they've got a whole section of options there at Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. So uh, Brian will be on. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll check in on the ammunition situation. Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Is it changing at all? It's all coming up throughout the next hour. So thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get the show rolling. Have you hooked a big fish or harvested a beast of an animal? Let us know all about it at the My Country mobile app. You're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. <laughs> My Country 95.5. Filming, hooking, and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. We're back for another great week of information spreading, and that's the only kind of things we like spreading here uh, on this program. And with a Wyoming Game and Fish, it's always interesting to learn about the uh, the issues that are facing the outdoors. And last week, we talked a little bit about EHD. And this week, we're going to continue the series on the uh, horrible diseases that are have been affecting the big game here in Wyoming. And uh, we have Janet and Justin back with us this week. And guys, the uh, the big one this year uh, outside of EHD is uh, the chronic wasting disease. And can you explain a little bit about what this is? Because we hear about it a lot lately. You bet. And one thing that I think that is, is notable here, Drew, is that EHD is something that we're concerned about this fall. But chronic wasting disease has been around for a very long time and was actually first discovered in Wyoming in the early 80s. And so this is kind of a continued effort. And we're just now starting to see some of um, the implications in wildlife populations across Wyoming. And so we're really ramping up again a lot of our surveillance, kind of our monitoring of this disease to help us make management decisions based on the disease. Now, Justin, is CWD found in all parts of the state or just specific areas? This disease was first, like Janet said, first kind of found in free-ranging 
deer in the, in the mid-1980s and elk, um, and, and that was in southeast Wyoming. Unfortunately, we've seen it spread, you know, both in distribution and prevalence, meaning, you know, the, the percentage of critters that are infected with it throughout the state. We're seeing it spread really throughout, and now, you know, unfortunately, we've documented CWD nearly everywhere in the state, the only exception being um you know, southwest Wyoming. Now, how is this disease transmitted? I assume it's from animal to animal? So unlike EHD, like we talked about, you know, last time, you know, which is transmitted through biting insects, CWD is a, it's a, it's not a bacterial or a viral disease. It's, it's, it's spread from what's called a prion, and it's essentially this mutated protein that it, it, it causes cells in the central nervous system and brain to die. And so, you know, it's a it's a hundred percent fatal disease um, once they get it, but this this prion can be spread from either animal to animal contact. So an infected animal, you know, especially like with deer and elk that are social animals and that sort of thing, it can be spread through grooming, saliva, licking, mating, those sorts of things. And but it also can be spread from environment to animals. So these prions can be shed through feces and urine of infected animals. And they can actually be uptaken by the soil and persist in the soil for a long, long time. Um, so, yeah, where we where we see really high prevalence of the disease, unfortunately, animals can also get it just from from their natural habitat. And Drew, I think it's pretty important here um, to note there is also a difference in EHD and blue tongue and chronic wasting disease in the fact of the species that it does affect. Chronic wasting disease affects what we call cervids, which are the deer family. So white-tailed deer, mule deer, elk, and moose in Wyoming can be affected by CWD, but not pronghorn. So interesting how it's it's so selective. Is that something in just the the genetic makeup of the animals? With all these prion diseases, there's a really strong species barrier. So, for example, humans have two forms of prion disease. Kuruer, what's called Creutzfeldt-Jakob's disease. Um, mad, cat, cattle get mad cow disease, sheep get scrapie, and cervids get chronic wasting disease. But CWD doesn't show up in cows, and mad cow disease doesn't show up in in deer. It's uh, there's a real strong species barrier to them. Can this affect the hunters that are harvesting these animals? That's a very good question, Drew, and something that we at Game and Fish pay very close attention to. We are not a human health agency, and so when we test these animals, we're not testing for human consumption of the meat or not. So we follow guidelines that are placed um, by the World Health Organization, the Center for Disease Control, and both of those agencies do recommend that humans do not consume meat that does test positive for chronic wasting disease. And so we definitely follow suit with that and do recommend that, that you do not consume the meat. That being said, we are in Wyoming and people can make their own choices on what they do, but we as an agency are still doing all of this testing um, in these focus areas across the state, and those change every year, um, the different areas, so we can get some baseline prevalence disease data um, to kind of help us determine what the the health of the herd is. And so we we ask these hunters to to contribute one of the the lymph node samples to us, either at a check station, swing in by a regional office, call in your local game wardens, you know, whatever it happens to be to get us a sample, we truly appreciate that. 
Now, people that don't want to consume or don't want to know the results of their test can just say, hey, do not notify. I don't want to know. And we won't tell them. They don't have to know the results, and they can just go forth and, and have a happy harvest and, and consumption of the meat, and on we go. If I don't live in one of those focused areas and I'm a little concerned about it, can I still get a test? Absolutely. We test. Um, we will do any test on any animal that is requested across the state. And does that cost me? As a hunter, it does not cost you. And our wildlife health lab in Laramie processes all of those samples. Now, if you do want expedited results, you can go through the state vet lab, which is also in, in Laramie, and you can pay a $30 fee for that, and you will get your results a little bit faster. At, at that point, I should wait maybe until I get those results back if I'm concerned at all? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, we do recommend that you can quarter your animal and freeze it if you want to wait to have it processed, and, and that is a really good way to, to go about knowing before if you do take it to a processor, you don't have that expense, or if you do it yourself, you don't spend all that time processing and then find out the results and then choose not to consume it and then, and then have to dispose of it. Well, if you haven't gone to Wyoming Game and Fish's website, go to uh, wgfd.yo.gov, and there's a whole section on chronic wasting disease that you can get up on. Or if you have any more questions, specific questions, uh, we can have them answered by Justin or, or Janet. And go to the My Country 95.5 mobile app to, to do that. And, and, guys, it's always... Uh, I, I love the fact that we're able to get the word out uh, about all these horrible things that uh, could be happening to a lot of uh, the animals here in the state because that's uh, a lot of what we count on as far as uh, hunting and fishing and loving every day. That's right. And, and you know, you, you said the words horrible things that are happening to our wildlife. And just as a reminder, it does sound bad and gruesome, but but life is great out on the prairie. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. As we do each and every week with uh, Wyoming Game and Fish, they're always open to answering any of your questions, and we do appreciate that because there are some questions that come in that some may think they're dumb questions, but as we've said before, there's the only dumb question is the one that doesn't get asked. Uh, so now we're going to go ahead and turn here to, to Justin to, to talk about this question, which is fairly right on because we're about this time of year where bow season turns into rifle season. But here's the question, Justin. I'm having problems finding ammo for my hunt coming up. Can I use my Matthews bow instead of a rifle? And he even says, sorry if this is a dumb question. I'm just confused. His name is Terry. What do you think there? Well, I mean, it's a good question. The short answer is yes, you can. So, so the way Wyoming big game hunting works is for for there's a few exceptions, but for the vast majority of all of our big game licenses, we have what are called special archery seasons, and then we have the regular season, or, or folks may f refer to it as the rifle season. So, generally speaking, for antelope, our, our well throughout the state actually, our special archery seasons open August fifteenth. And then for the most part, um, they stay open until the first rifle season opens. And then for, for the vast majority of deer and elk hunt areas, it's just the month of September um, that they get for special archery seasons. And the reason why we call those special is because 
you, you have your regular license that you either obtained as a limited quota license through the drawing or you got your over-the-counter general license. But then you're allowed to hunt during that, that September or August 15th starting special archery season, provided you also purchase an archery license in addition. So that allows you to hunt early before the rifle season. There's no requirement that hunters wear orange or anything like that. Now, to, to really fully answer the, the hunter's question, if they want to use their bow during the regular rifle season, they're absolutely allowed to do that. In that case, for, for that time period, there is not a requirement that you purchase a special archery license in addition. But the catch is there is a requirement that you do have to wear orange. During all our other big game special archery seasons, um, hunters are not required. That's why when you see bow hunters out just in full camouflage, that sort of thing, they're not a requirement of wearing orange because we don't have rifle seasons going on at the same time. But if they want to do that during the regular rifle season, then, then they do have to wear orange. So if someone were to go out uh, during the rifle season and take their bow, cause they, could they use either one or do they have to choose one? Provided they're properly licensed, like, you know, the, yeah, the answer is yep, they could use either one. Very good. Of course, you can go to the My Country 95.5 mobile app right now and ask a question to Game and & Fish, and they will happily answer it for you. Get over there and check it out. It's named to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors, My Country 95.5. We're at my favorite place in Casper, and that's Rocky Mountain Discount Sports with Brian Woodward. And, uh, Brian, you've been out hunting. You've done. Uh, you've got your elk. You were doing some waterfowl last week, and it's kind of slow, isn't it? Uh, the waterfowl, we saw, we're seeing a lot of birds uh, a week ago, and then, of course, the day of the hunt, uh, everything changed. So, yeah. Now, with weather change, is that going to play a big factor in uh, the movement of the birds, you think? Well, we're right now just kind of hunting local birds, mm. so we're just trying to pattern them. Uh, until we get some cold weather up north and the, those new birds move in, uh, it's kind of hit or miss, but gets us out. Yeah, and you do a lot of layout blind hunting, right? Yeah, most of my most of my hunting is you know out of the middle of fields and you know sagebrush or, <laughs> or cornfields or alfalfa fields. So yeah, we do a lot of layout blinds. What I love about Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is the fact that most everyone here is some sort of outdoorsman, whether they're a fisherman, a hunter, or they go out hiking or camping. They all know what they're doing here. And we were just talking about you getting your elk, and then once you got home, you had to do something with it. So you started your processing and. You've got all the tools here for that, too. You you can get it all here after you get your kill. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we carry a lot of the LEM products. Uh, it's But we just found that it's a good quality product. They've got a lot of accessories, uh, everything from tenderizers that will hook onto your uh, grinder to all the uh, components you need to make brats and, and summer sausage and sticks and that kind of stuff. So yeah, You have the flavor and everything. So, I mean, oh, yeah. you high country. don't have to yeah. go anywhere else. So. Yeah, high mountain seasonings, high country seasonings, but high mountains right here in uh, Riverton, and uh, we really like their, their seasonings, and we carry like everything that they, they they offer so when i was walking through the store and i like to do that before we sit down and have our chat because i feel like i see something new uh every time we're we're here and i we talked a lot about the optics but the uh, amount of optics you guys have here you have something for everyone you even talked a couple of weeks ago of if maybe your eyes aren't as good as they used to be you guys have a higher power that will even help with that situation yeah optics in the last few years has really really advanced quite a bit 
bit. So with especially the long range shooting that, uh, you know, the 6.5 Creedmoors and the 6.5 PRCs and all, all those newer calibers are allowing guys to shoot. Uh, the optics have kind of followed suit with that and a lot of uh, 6 to 24s or, you know, just, just that higher power, bigger objective scopes are available now. Uh, we've talked the last couple of weeks about uh, a lot of the ammo situation. How, how are we sitting now? You know, we, we got quite a bit of ammo in this week. We saw, finally start seeing some uh, shotgun shells, you know, for the trap shooters and the guys just want to go out planking on the weekends for the, for those guys. Saw a little bit of uh, pheasant loads come in this week. The military grounds, you know, your 9mm, your two two three, your five five six. Really no shortage there. We got a really good, really good supply of that this last week. The hunting ammo is still, still going to be tough, and so um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of ammunition that's just not going to be available this hunting season. Well, and take that into consideration too, because the season is going to wind down if you're waiting for it to come in. You know, I mean. Nobody likes to do this, but if you have to borrow a gun or you know get something from a friend, yeah, I mean, now is the time to knock on your neighbor's door for that that cup of sugar. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> so if you've got a buddy that's shooting the same caliber as you, and your gun shoots the bullets that he's shooting, and you know you need to borrow five or ten or whatever it takes. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it's just the the ammo shortage, and everybody's you know seeing all the reports of ships that are you know out at, out at sea and can't get into port. Um, we're just they're just struggling with that stuff now components are really tough and talked to adam weatherby this last week and you know they'll they'll load uh ammunition as as far as they can you know until they run out of brass for that particular caliber and then you know they got to go on to the next caliber and so it's it's really is just a supply and demand and shortage issues with with a lot of the components uh we're gonna have a weather change here so if you're heading out uh, on your hunt this week you can stop in and get all your cold weather gear because we're gonna drop down into the 20s at night and early mornings yeah and we've got a great selection especially on the camp side of things and uh, boots you know now's the time to put away those uninsulated boots and maybe pull out the 400 or 600 gram uh, danners or you know I, I, hopefully we're not seeing snow quite yet but uh, in the same same breath we need that we need the moisture so yeah well get in here and check it out Rocky Mountain Discount Sports CY Avenue and Casper and uh, as always Brian we've got another full week ahead of us can't wait to see what we got next week good seeing you Drew. Hunting season. Filming, hooking, and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Welcome in on another fantastic day here at uh, Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. We love the outdoors, and we love getting kids involved with the outdoors. And we know a perfect way for you to get your kids, maybe they're teeter-tottering on uh, having a love for the outdoors. So I thought, what better way to do this than bring in an author, Kevin Lovegreen, who has this series of books that just looking at the the cover of the book, you know that your kids are going to love this book. The series is called Lucky Luke's Hunting Adventures. And Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the program. You are welcome. Happy to be here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your background in the outdoors. Uh, what is it that you love to do the most in the outdoors? Oh, boy. Well, I was duck hunting this last weekend, and I absolutely love that. And uh, the week or so before that, I was out in Colorado elk hunting, and, man, I love that. <laughs> and before that, I was doing a little bear hunting in Minnesota, and I really enjoy that. So I 
I tend to really enjoy, you know, whatever I happen to be going after uh, that day. Now, when when I was looking through, and, and I've been really looking forward to having you on the show, I, I you cover the gamut. I mean, you cover the gamut in your books just as much as the love of outdoors that you just told us about. I mean, uh, Lucky Luke does some uh, some bear and some fishing, and there's moose mania and monster mule deer. I mean, it's just a, a great category of books. Yeah, we're up to 15 of them now, and I've just uh, been challenged by a number of people wondering how many more I can write. And I, matter of fact, as I was uh, waiting to jump on here, I've been working on the next book, and it's a pheasant hunting book. Wow. So I'm uh, just about done with that. So I, yeah, it's just I've been really fortunate to do a lot of different adventures. Um, these are all based on true adventures of myself, my son, or my daughter, or all of us have done together. And I just, yeah, keep on doing My latest book was First Deer Cheer, my first all-girl book about my daughter Crystal's first white-tailed deer hunt and her, her friend Megan, and that was a blast to write. So I have. I've been, uh, it's in the moose hunting from Alaska to, you know, crawling around looking for mule deer in Alberta. They're all, uh, I just keep throwing them on the, in the books, and kids seem to really enjoy that. Are you the the focused character of Lucky Luke? Is is that who you built it on? Or really, was it your son or, or someone else? Here's how it works. It's, really, it's uh, very complicated for the people who know me, but here's how it goes. My son's name is Luke. So he motivated the name Lucky Luke's Hunting Adventures because we always called him Lucky Luke. But most of the adventures are about me and my adventures. So I make myself Luke in the books. So the, my first, you know, white-tailed deer hunt, it's really, I'm writing about Luke doing it, even though it really happened to me. <laughs> and so, but then first deer cheer came along, and Crystal, she's really the hero in there. We bring her out on her first deer hunt, so it's really about her. Winner, winner, turkey dinner. I was lucky enough when Luke was 10 years old, took on his first turkey hunt. We had a magical experience that day. So I wrote Turkey Tales and Winner, Winner, Turkey Dinner based on Luke's adventure. But so at the end of the day, it's usually Luke and Crystal and Dad going on the adventure, and most of the time, I'm, the adventure happened to me. You know, it's kind of a funny deal. How early in life did you get out and start doing your hunting and, and fishing? Yeah, I tell I was super lucky that my dad was way into hunting and fishing. So basically, before I was, you know, as I was born, we were always going up to a cabin. We had my grandparents, both sets, had, had cabins in northern Minnesota. So we were always going up to the cabin. There's a picture of me holding a sunfish with my Snoopy rod when I'm probably two years old. You know, my dad had us out doing stuff all the time. Obviously, you took your love and passed it right on down the family line. Oh, I got plenty of funny stories about I would be sneaking out to the deer stand and I'd get a and Luke's up, come back and get him. Oh, no, so I'd <laughs> run back. And I've got some funny stories of throwing clothes on him and grabbing them, picking them up my arms, and now the sun's already up, so I'd be running out to my deer stand, and we'd hop up in the stand, and he'd, be, he'd last about eh, 45 minutes, and then he's like, okay, Dad, I want to go back. Ah, so yes, I took him out early, and uh, they he enjoyed it. Luke's always been a pretty impatient guy when it comes to hunting, and then uh, Crystal always thoroughly enjoyed it also, though. She was a little bit more patient with me, and she would love to sit in the deer stand, and she loves rifle hunting for deer, and that's about her extent, and fishing. But she's never really gotten into the bird hunting or things like that. 
That's awesome. Well, Kevin, I am so glad that we were able to to get hooked up, and and I I really encourage you to go check out kevinlovegreen.com. Buy the books. You got plenty of time to get them before Christmas, and they'll be great stocking stuffers, and your kids will love Lucky Luke's Adventures. And, Kevin, we do appreciate it, and thank you so much. You bet. You have a great day. I'm glad I could spend this time with you. Thanks a lot, Kevin. You have a great day as well. Boy, we've had a great hour. Uh, Game and Fish, always looking for your questions. If you want to ask one of those questions, you can ask at the My Country 95.5 mobile app. Go to our app right now, and while you're there, uh, download all the shows and listen on demand 24-7. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Wyoming hooking and hunting out.